you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at hagmanandhagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. And welcome, folks, to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Doug Hagman flying solo one more time, one more night until Joe returns tomorrow. And he's looking forward to his return. He's done very well, and uh, he'll be back tomorrow. Again, he's uh, he's uh, chomping at the bit to come back. The further back in history you look, the further ahead into the future you can see. That really has turned out to be one of my favorite uh, quotations, and that's attributed to, in part, to uh, Winston Churchill. And of course, I'm paraphrasing that, but most most assuredly, it is true. Tonight, we're going to be taking a look at some some things in history, recent history, that have ominous implications for today, for the the days in which we live right now. Folks, uh, I want to thank each and every one of you for joining me tonight. Of course, tonight the episode the title is DH, DHS Insider. Information revisited. Much of what he said is coming to pass as we speak. And, and I took a lot of heat uh, back in 2012, 2013 for the information that he had given me. And of course... He's, you know him perhaps by the name Rosebud, the the pseudonym Rosebud. Um, since retired from the D, from DHS, but I've spoken to him uh, very recently, and he has information about what's taking place right now. So it's going to be a good program. Uh, hour one, that's going we're going to be digging into historical and current events. Hour two, we're going to be tying it together with biblical code, with Bible code, biblical prophecy, as we get a visit from Jonathan Matthew Wright. 
thecodesearcher.com. And we're going to wrap it all together in hour three. So that's what we're going to do tonight. And again, I just want to thank everyone for listening. And and I want to remind people, too, we, we have listeners from all over the world and viewers from all over the world. If you're looking at this or viewing this and, and you're in uh, the U.K. or regardless of which Western country or Australia or New Zealand, uh, it doesn't matter where you're viewing or listening to this broadcast from, this information applies to you as well. And in some cases, even more so. Domestic terrorism, as it is defined today, of course, we are the domestic terrorists, and everything is upside down and backwards. Remember that quote from uh, Van Jones, one of Obama's czars back in the early days, top-down, bottom-up, inside-out, that has special meaning today. So happy to, to announce as well that uh, to bring into the fold a brand new sponsor of our program. Really a great company. Have you, if you're a business owner out there, folks, how many business owners do we have listening, watching? Many, I'm sure. ZipRecruiter.com. If you go to Hagman and Hagman.com, that's our show website. Check out the link to ZipRecruiter.com. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your your job to find the best candidates for whatever position you're looking for? Posting your job in one place is not enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can, with ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter. All with a single click. ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial for the information that you need to find that special person, that person to fill that job that, that, that you need done. ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. More on that later. As I was preparing for today's show, I was looking at the different... Um, Different conversations, notes of conversations I had with the with with the DHS insider, nicknamed Rosebud. And if if, if folks, if you really knew the, the story behind that nickname, you would laugh. But but the bottom line is, um, the the most recent conversation I did have, it lasted more than an hour. It was in person, and it was um, done. Very, um, it was kind of cloak and dagger stuff in a way. Um, very interesting information. The bottom line, as Steve Quayle likes to say, is saddle for battle and buckle up because it's going to be a rough few weeks, a rough few months. And really, from here on out, it's just going to be plain old rough. Obama has thrust us into a culture war. But it's just not Obama. It is the people that he has brought with him. It is the people that who preceded Obama. 
and it's the people who are working behind the scenes. Before I get into the historical aspect of things, I want to draw your attention to CanadaFreePress.com. CanadaFreePress.com. Now, Judy McLeod has written an article. It's, it appears on CanadaFreePress.com. It's there now. In fact, you can certainly visit CanadaFreePress.com and comment on this. And it's one of the articles, it's one of those things that I looked at and said, my goodness, I, I kind of wish I would have written this. Gene McLeod, editor of Canada Free Press, good friend of mine, and of course I'm a senior contributor at that website as well. The headline is this, Obama will only impose martial law if it looks like Trump will win. Now I've had numerous conversations with Judy McLeod. She's been in the news business most of her adult life. And like me, you know, she, she she's old. <laughs> Judy, if you're listening, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. No, she's experienced is what I meant to say. Here's what she wrote. I'm, I'm not going to read. I'm just going to paraphrase from, from her article here. First of all, no one should hold their breath waiting for Obama to impose martial law as a means of suspending upcoming presidential elections, at least not yet. There's always talk, folks, about, well, geez, are, are we going to have elections? Are we even going to have elections? Remember 2012. My, my own DHS insider had said, we might not have these elections. I want to remind people, as I was reminded during a walk and talk I had with my, with my source, the plans don't change. The timeline, circumstances, they change. The timeline is altered based on circumstances. And this is what Judy McLeod is saying here. Judy McLeod writes, If Obama does impose martial law, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a sure sign that Donald Trump has a good chance of winning the presidency. Until then, Obama is holding martial law as, a, as an ace in the hole, as is his ace in the hole. That's what he's doing, basically. Now, I want you to think about this. People who, who talk about martial law as a matter of routine are labeled as conspirators, nutbags, kooks, you know. And that's because, really, historically, we've got nothing in recent memory, recent history, to really hook up that idea, just simply the idea of martial law here in the United States is ridiculous on its face, seemingly. We're a free country. This is America. As an aside, if you want to know, uh, and I don't know how many people uh, watch television, watch cable news, it, it, it doesn't matter, I guess, but... Um, it, Remember that sitcom, All in the Family, Archie Bunker, Edith Bunker. Remember that? Take you down a trip down memory lane. I happened to watch a couple of episodes from that, and I remember watching it as a as a young young person, and and uh, through the reruns now, the magic of cable, I guess, or satellite or whatever. Um. I was looking at that, and 
the the episodes that I happened to see were during the Nixon McGovern um, elections, and of, the one episode where Archie was arguing with Rob Reiner, meathead, of course, and uh, uh, extolling the virtues of of Richard Nixon, and of course, Rob Reiner, meathead, the, you know, the son-in-law was a big McGovern fan. Now, to, to, to some of the younger people listening to this, you may not really get the significance of this. But a lot of a lot of things came up during that episode in terms of... Um, a lot of statements were, were made during that episode that if they aired today on television, network, TV, they, you'd never get away with it. Now, nudity is okay. And, and crass sexual innuendo is okay, but the political discourse that occurred, at least in that episode, you wouldn't get away with it. And then there was another segment or two, um, apparently later in the seasons, talking about Nixon and Watergate. And it was it was it was it was an interesting historical retrospective to watch this. Now the reason I bring this up is because you may not think that martial law or any type of uh, police action would even be on the radar today. Well, things have changed. Look at the 40 years since that program aired. 40 years ago, watching that program, or 40 years ago, would you have thought 40 years ago, depending on your age, what you're seeing today was even possible here in the country we call America? I don't think so. So we tend to think about things like martial law, imposition of police actions, as some sort of conspiratorial nonsense. And I would urge people to get out of that normalcy bias, the head-in-the-sand approach. But we have to do this not in a the-sky-is-falling kind of technique. We have to look at this more in the manner of well who does it benefit how will it advance the agenda of the current power structure and what is it you know what's at stake here what what are they the power brokers attempting to accomplish it's interesting to take a, a walk across the radio dial you listen to Herman Cain you listen to Sean Hannity you listen to whoever Tom Hartman if you're into uh, free speech TV and democracy now and, and the far left and you listen to all of these talk show hosts what element of uh, aside from political discourse in in the cheerleading and there's hope yet and here's what we have to do what value, what information do you get from these radio shows and I I began to think about that as well we hope that after three hours of our show you leave this program a lot more enriched and, and informed and even inspired than any other program can bring you. I got kind of got off on a tangent there. Getting back to Judy McLeod's article about Obama will only impose martial law if it look like if it looks like Trump will win. She does write that 
In short, the final boom that Obama is going to lower on the masses is not martial law, but the election of Hillary Diane Rodham the Witch Clinton, the one that Trump correctly pegged as Crooked Hillary. That's a pretty big boom Obama is getting ready to lower on We the People on his way out the door, writes Judy McLeod. Now, if you think this through, if you take a step back and look at the, 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 the larger perspective here, I do believe we are going to see a passing of the key to the front doors of the White House from Obama to Hillary Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton. I believe that to be the plan. And by the way, so does my source, formerly with the DHS. That's the plan. That's the ultimate plan. Now, how will this be accomplished? Black box voting? He who counts the votes? And other measures. Notice as well, we are seeing the Republicans eyeing rule changes to unbind delegates. Don't think for a moment that the Republicans are not in league and in step with the progressive left to make this happen. Everyone inside the Beltway, or at least most inside the Beltway, are pining for a Hillary Rodham Clinton presidency. Under the guise of the first female president, we had the first black president, look how well that went. Now, Hillary, Diane Rodham Clinton, is the first female president. And of course, the the twofer, the two-for-one that you might get with Bill as the first lady. That's right, first lady. Writes Judy, and this segues into the historical and current events part of things here. As the Democrats, with the aiding and abetting of groups like hashtag never Trump, studiously work to ensure that Obama gets a third third term through the election of Clinton, propaganda pushed by Google, Facebook, Twitter, other social media, pollutes all clear thinking for any of those striving to stay ahead of the curve. We are watching history being revised as it happens. We're watching trends being forced by social media. We are seeing the programming take place right in front of our very eyes. We're all supposed to believe that civil society is going to come to a sudden standstill when the Republican convention gets underway, that many will be frightened away from attending, that fear and intimidation will keep Donald Trump from getting the nomination. There's a lot of chicanery, folks, going on with the Republican National Convention. And I do suspect, I do believe there will be a lot, that there will be trouble outside of that convention. We know that the New Black Panther Party and members even, and although this is not publicized, according to my my, my source, the um, uh, certain elements of the Nation of Islam and other similar groups will be there. They will be armed and they will be fixing for a fight. 
they are intending to disrupt that convention, as well as the Democratic National Convention, for the same ultimate purpose, chaos, destruction, but for uh, different reasonings. The That the new Black Panther Party, Black Power Movement, will carry firearms, and I don't know whether you heard this, but the head of the new Black Panther Party came out and said, yeah, we're going to open carry at the convention, if if that state's an open carry state. One, two clicks of a mouse, you can find that out. Read between the lines. Understand, they're coming, they're coming armed, and they will be ready for a fight. Folks, I would urge you to go to CanadaFreePress.com, read the article by Judy McLeod, and feel free to comment on it. Even send her a little note saying that you heard about it on this program. Make her feel good. But what people are not understanding, and, and this, this is perhaps one of the most important uh, parts of, of tonight, at least this segment of, of tonight's program, is this. This has happened before. What is taking place today has happened before. The playbook is basically the same. It's been refined, but it's essentially the same. The tactics are the same. You'll have to excuse me too. I'm still trying to. I'm still battling this uh, creeping crud in my head. So if I sound a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, gooey, <laughs> I guess. I guess I am. I don't know how many people have heard of the zebra killings, zebra murders. How about 179 days of terror in California? Have you heard about that? This has its tentacles from 1973, October of 1973 to, to May of 1974. Its tentacles extend into today. For background information, not on the zebra murders, I'm going to talk talk about the zebra murders here in a second, but for background on this, I would also urge people to read an article by Bob Unra from World Net Daily. I'm not sure if I pronounced his last name correctly. Lawsuit Obama Holder Farrakhan Inciting Violence. All right. This is all going to be brought together to show you the plan that's in the works right now that's being executed by orders of the handlers of Obama and his associates. Larry Clayman filed a complaint in federal court accusing Obama, Louis Farrakhan, Eric Holder, and Al Sharpton, and Black Lives Matter leaders of inciting their supporters to, and I quote, to engage in threats of and attacks to cause seriously serious bodily injury or death upon police officers, Jews, and white people. He uses the word Caucasians. This action, filed in U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Texas, follows the sniper attack on police officers in Dallas. Now, Clayman is a former prosecutor, of course, for the Department of Justice, and he's the founder of Judicial Watch, 
and Freedom Watch. And he's also a former U.S. Senate candidate from Florida. Now, he filed as the lead plaintiff in this case. And he and he says this. It's time that law enforcement, such as the plaintiffs in this case, including myself, come forward by peacefully attempting to use the legal system to redress the incitement, threats, and killings provoked by the defendants in this class action case. And he, he also adds this. He said, I'm hopeful that I will be joined by other law enforcement to join in the suit. For far too long, law enforcement and others, including white and non-white Jews and Christians, have remained silent. And we have, as Christians, we've remained silent on, on these matters. Scared to speak and act for fear of being branded racist over the fear of being threatened and harmed by defendants and their accomplices. I don't have to go much further than this program when I invited Colin Flaherty on to talk about black violence. Armed with nothing more than statistics and no agenda, Colin Flaherty laid out the statistics about black violence in America. I received so many vicious emails from listeners of this program, self-professed Christians who said, you, sir, are a racist. How dare you call yourself Christian? I'll never listen to your program again. Well, you know, Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer, who was in studio last Friday, I like what he says. Truth becomes hate speech to those who hate the truth. Let me say that again. Truth becomes hate speech to those who hate the truth. Folks, that's true. You know, if if the facts bother you or upset you so much where you call me a racist, what can I tell you? Go watch television. Go, go switch the, 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 the radio station. But somebody, all of us, we have to have guts to confront the facts and to state the facts as clearly as possible. If the facts bother you, You can email me all you want. The facts are the facts. Clayman is uh, filing a class action lawsuit, as I said, against Obama, Holder, and Farrakhan. Now, my according to, to my DHS insider, Farrakhan is on, or has been on, or is on the CIA payroll government payroll now can I prove that no but it does make sense doesn't it the defendants in in claimant's suit include Obama Nation of Islam leader Farrakhan former AG holder and uh, National Action Network Al Sharpton Chief Al Sharpton. 
rights claimant defendants, each and every one of them jointly and uh, severally conspiring and or acting in concert, either expressly or otherwise, are inciting and causing seriously serious bodily injury or death to police officers and other law enforcement persons of all races and ethnicities and ethnicities. Jews, Christians or Jews, Caucasians, and so on. I don't know if you can put up a put up the uh, image of uh, Louis Farrakhan there. I had to, had to clear my head there for a second. <clears throat> Sorry about that. <clears throat> the Black Lives Matter movement repeatedly has staged protests, sometimes violent, when black men are injured or killed in confrontations with police. Now, I am not in any way, shape, or form defending police violence against blacks, whites, or anyone else where it's not warranted. I will, however, state that a lot of these cases are not what they appear. And I had earlier this week I had given you the numbers. More whites are killed by police officers than blacks. Those are the facts. Like them or not, you, you have to deal with them. Well, 179 days of terror. We've seen we've seen this play out before. Now, the people in charge, the people like Farrakhan, the people like Attorney General, former Attorney General Holder, and Obama and others, the Nation of Islam, are teaming up to engage in a class of clash of civilizations. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you right now what we're seeing, and this is based as well on information from my source. I submit to you what we're seeing right now is the planned orchestration of a civil war as detailed by my source. And as I had written about since May of 2012, and all throughout 2013 and 2014 from my source from the DHS insider source DHS uh, insider source and, and I had received much criticism from people saying well that never happened none of the none of the stuff you wrote ever happened oh yes it did go through the articles and what I will do on hagmanreport.com that's our show prep page I was talking with JD earlier about this I didn't have a chance to do this but I'm going to be putting up new material, but comparing it to the information I received back in 2012, 2013, 2014. And show, I'm going to show you that the information provided to me is 100% accurate. And that what we're seeing today and what we are going, what we're about to see being unleashed in this country is coming and is orchestrated by the highest levels of our government. Now, I've never been more serious in my life, and it pains me to say this, but they want black versus white. They want the have-nots versus the haves. They want to cause 
this chaos, this disorder, this disruption in the United States. That's their ultimate goal. Why? As the, as I had mentioned the day before yesterday during that program, the three co-founders of the hashtag Black Lives Matter social network, social media, well, they are avowed Marxist, at least one of them. And they want to burn it all down, baby. They're not, they're not pro-equality. They're anti-white. They're not pro-equality. They're anti-capitalism. And they're, and, and, and they are, this whole thing is about to unravel. And you can soft sell it like, uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna soft sell it. Other talk show hosts have backed away from this, making fun of the, making fun and making light of the associations. But let me tell you something. The Nation of Islam, the new Black Panther Party, the Black Panther Party, the weather, the, the remnants of the wet weather underground, all of these new and old, and even the old, by many standards, most standards, groups from the 60s. Those people who marched in the streets in the 60s are in the positions of power behind the curtain and in the chairs today. The new group coming in are much more feral, are much more vicious. They've had a couple of generations to lose their moral compass or to have their moral compasses redirected. What you're about to see today and in the near term as Obama's parting gift if that if that's the case to this country is the civil chaos, the civil unrest that's about to be unleashed all across the United States and on streets across the United States and blood will flow as it did in Dallas it will flow in New York as it did in Dallas it's going to flow in San Francisco and other locations as Obama sits back and smiles and jokes and puns and is looked at as some sort of incompetent folks no no he might be answering to a different God, and I do believe he is, but he's also answering to a different small g God handler, or set of handlers. I know he is. To get a window into what you're going to see take place, we already saw it. 179 Days of Terror. San Francisco, 1973-1974. Let me take you back. Finger, <laughs> figuring prominently in this period, Louis Farrakhan as well, and the Nation of Islam. There were three guys by the name of Jesse Lee Cooks, Larry Green, and Anthony Cornelius 
Paris. They went on a hunting trip. Who were they hunting for? They were hunting for humans. Not just any human, white humans, to be precise. Only they didn't consider whites to be human. But rather, and I'm quoting, grafted snakes, white devils, and blue-eyed devils. Back in October, on October 20th, 1973, they grabbed three children. They tried to get them into their van. But the kids were able to break free and run. Well, Cook, Screen, and Harris didn't give up. They went back to their van. They went after new prey. And folks, if you want to know where, where I'm citing from and, and, and a good article to get the background on this, there was an article written by journalist Nicholas Stix, S-T-I-X, dated October 22nd, 2006. Frankly, I'm not sure which publication this appeared in. But he, but he writes about these three hunters and their prey. When they, when they didn't get the kids, what they did, they went after a, a couple, a white couple, the Hags, Richard Hag and his wife. The happily married couple, the Hags, were out for an after-dinner walk near their home in San Francisco on Telegraph Hill. The three guys grabbed both of them. The wife actually managed to run away, but one one of the one of these black men put a gun to her husband's chest and said that he'd kill him if she didn't come back. She stopped and came back. Well, her devotion cost her her life. In the van, these three guys brutally assaulted the husband and wife. And Cooks and Green robbed the husband and wife. And then Cooks and Harris sexually molested the wife. Then they drove and parked near some deserted railroad tracks in the Petrero District of San Francisco they both they, they took to the husband and wife alike taking turns hacking their faces with a machete they nearly decapitated Haig's wife then they left him for dead now Mrs. Hag died Richard Hag was mutilated almost beyond recognition but, but, but survived and again the three perpetrators from the night Jesse Lee Cooks, Larry Green and Anthony Cornelius Harris were members of the Nation of Islam they had been recruited to randomly murder whites they had been recruited to do so along with other black Muslims. 
This is what's going on today. Do not let the media tell you otherwise. Don't let these soft-peddling, mealy-mouthed talk show hosts and pseudo-journalists and these intellectual giants out there tell you otherwise. What is happening today, the Nation of Islam and other groups like it, in my view, based on my research, are now taking up the very same playbooks and plans that they had from the 60s and from the 70s. And you might ask what they are. I'm telling you. That began what is known as the zebra killings. And you can do your own research on the zebra killings. There are a couple of books out on it. Uh, Zebra murders, alternatively. Or 179 Days of Terror as well. And how the, the how they got the name Zebra Killings, where'd that come from? Well, the San Francisco Police Department reserved a radio frequency Z, Zebra in military and police parlance, for all dispatches that could be related to the serial killings, because now white people started turning up dead. See, these murders random murders of white men and women would be carried out on the streets of San Francisco and would hold the city at bay for 179 days but black residents by the way when interviewed by reporters said hey we're not afraid It would be months before the San Francisco Police Department would connect the Hague killing to the Zebra case, and that's because although the Hague case had had in common with the San Francisco killings and uh, attempted murders and rapes and mayhem, they were they were told, as was the public, that these were random random murders. And there was no reason to be afraid. Soon a profile emerged where these random black and white murders were being committed by young black men. And they stood out because they were conservatively dressed. Now, have you seen pictures of the Nation of Islam uh, garb? You know what I'm talking about. Well, a couple of San Francisco police inspectors realized that, hey, wait a minute, we, we've got a problem here, and it looks like the perpetrators are of the same ilk, and of course that ilk being the Nation of Islam. Between October 20th, 1973, and April 16th, 1974, these three perpetrators that I mentioned, Jesse Lee Cooks, Larry Green, and Anthony Cornelius Harris, there's another guy in there too uh, J.C. Simon and I'll throw one more and uh, Manuel Moore they murdered at least 15 more whites and wounded at least another 9 whites in failed murder attempts they kidnapped a homeless white man folks took him to a company 
in San Francisco known as Black Self-Help Moving in Storage. This was a Nation, uh, Nation of Islam-owned business. Where the killers, all the killers I mentioned, except for one, that was Cooks, they all worked there. They bound and gagged this guy. And what they did next should horrify everyone. They began chopping his limbs off one by one while he was alive. They bound him, ganged him, gagged him, so he couldn't scream. He chopped off a leg, an arm, another arm, until he died. The author of this article, Nicholas Sticks, wrote this. He said, One of the detectives who worked the zebra detail told me that one of the cases in which the dismembered white murder victim could not be identified, it was known as the turkey case. Why? Because the victim who was found on Ocean Beach, minus his feet and hands, and perhaps his head, was trussed up like a Thanksgiving Day turkey. Now, Jesse Lee Cooks also raped and twice sodomized at least one white woman. He planned on murdering her, but somehow she managed to convince convince him to let her live. I should note that Black uh, black Self-Help, that company, was managed by Tom Manny, who was also a Nation of Islam member, who was a former high school and college football star. There's a book um, titled Zebra, The True Account of the 179 Days of Terror in San Francisco. Manny lent his black Cadillac to the murderers who used it in several of the killings, according to Howard, an illegal 32 caliber pistol that Manny owned was the murder weapon in many of the killings. Manny was arrested for the zebra killings, but released for, in the DA's opinion, for lack of evidence. Now, when you go back and look at this, it's something totally different. And when I say totally different, I'm talking about the equivalent of today. Well, we can't prosecute. We don't want to be considered racist. I could go on with this. It's brutal. The murders were brutal. One of the... Uh, San Francisco Police Department homicide detail team members that ran the case said that um, the FBI got involved the Department of Justice California Department of Justice got involved and looked we're, we're, we're looking at similar murders all up and down the California coast and then the investigation expanded and found something very interesting in New York, which I'm going to get to in a minute. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you right now what happened in New York on April 14th, 1972. And let me ask you this, folks. Does this sound familiar? April 14th, 1972. Patrolman Philip W. Cardillo. And his partner, they were called to Harlem's Nation of Islam Mosque Number 6 by mosque members following a false 
officer in need of assistance call. One of the members made. I may say, I, I must remind you now that this was Louis Farrakhan's mosque at the time. Historian Vincent Canado recounted the murder, recounted this, this particular event in a book called The Ungovernable City, John Lindsay and the Struggle to Save New York. But, writes Vincent Canado, Louis Farrakhan, the minister of that mosque where that poli- those police officers were called, where patrolman Philip W. Cardillo, in his response to a police call, was ambushed and murdered. He wrote this. He said Farrakhan was identified. And he was at least guilty of obstruction of justice in this case, if not conspiracy to murder a police officer. There's a retired NYPD Lieutenant Randy Jurgensen who responded to the mosque ambush 30, what is it now? How many years ago? 40 plus years ago, right? He, um, he goes into a great deal about, about that ambush of police officers. It was during that time in 1972, the Nation of Islam had decided to declare war on police, but not just police, white police officers, and had murdered Officer Philip W. Cordillo. The killers, all members of the Nation of Islam, they were they all belonged to an elite group called Death Angels. They actually held pep rallies, recruiting meetings, in the attic at the Black Self Help Company. You see, in order to become a Death Angel in the Nation of Islam, you had to murder four white children five white women or nine white men. Nation of Islam. Some historical background. Violence, random violence against whites, but specifically violence against police officers. And very specifically, violence and killing of white police officers. 44 years ago. 44 years almost to the to the month. What do we see now? Dallas. Dateline. July 2016. You've got a black Muslim that's right, a black Muslim allegedly responsible for murdering five police officers, all white, injuring others. Are we seeing history repeat itself? Yes, we are. What's taking place here? Was this Is this as organized as the Nation of Islam was back in 72? Absolutely. Different actors, 
perhaps different groups, more groups, and even more refined groups. But the plans, the objectives are the same. There is a war against Americans. There's a war against the whites. There's a war against the Jewish people. There's a war against the Christians. And at the the people pulling the triggers, the people behind waging this war, Black Lives Matter, Nation of Islam, Black Panthers, New Black Panther Party, Jamaat el-Fukra, which is the community of the impoverished, which is kind of a sort of takeoff of Nation of Islam. That's where you get Islamberg from. That's where you see all these these paramilitary training compounds all across the United States that uh, many people have written about. I did surveillance on it. The sign for Islamberg that you see floating around, I took that picture. I'm not saying, woe is me, you know, woe, you know, yay me. No. I was there. And I provided the information to the people in charge of justice in this country. They don't want to hear it. The higher levels of justice, the Loretta Lynch's, the Eric Holders, don't want to hear it. Why? because they want the race war. And if you think that this is all conspiracy nonsense, well, think a little bit deeper. Broaden your your vision a bit. The objective here is to create such chaos to break down society in such a way that the only way for us to continue functioning as a country is under strong tyranny. And if that means Obama extending his term, whether it be through Hillary, Diane, Rodham, the witch, Clinton, or through other means, it will be accomplished. Read Judy's article in the freepress.com. To connect the dots to the prophetic side of things, we're going to be joined by Jonathan Matthew Wright this hour. Stay right where you're at. I'm Doug Hagman, Hagman and Hagman Report. This is the Global Star Radio Network. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, 
Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stain by Blood. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this hour, this segment of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Doug Hagman flying solo at the helm here, guiding you through this maze, well, this fog of disinformation, deception, distraction. Speaking of distraction, it's interesting because some people will say, well, the, the, the racial conflict that we are facing, that we're seeing right now, it is uh, the distraction away from, oh, I don't know, say the economic collapse, pending, looming economic collapse. No, no, these are all parts of a stool. These are all legs of a stool. As a matter of fact, when I was speaking with my DHS source, and even back in 2012, 2013, he said, no, no, it's just not one item. It's just not the racial divide, the racial chaos. It's also, in addition to that, it's the economic takedown of the United States. It's also the political uh, strife, the uh, political aspects that are being uh, messed with, and also the, the, the external threats that includes, of course, the mass alien invasion in the United States. Why do you think they're bringing these people into the, into the United States? Why are the gates open, of course? Because many of these these aliens are not your mothers and fathers, of course, we see from the photographs and the demographics. No, these people are, these men are warriors. They're gang members, for example, uh, MS-13 gang members and other gang members. There are other than Mexicans coming in. They are diluting the fabric uh, of our of our society. They're diluting our moral and cultural uh, aspects of our society. But they're also going to become pawns or are pawns and going to become players in this particular takedown. So don't look at any one element that we're discussing here as just the the sole element of chaos and destruction because you've got numerous. It's, It's the, we are not looking at a single bullet from a sniper's rifle coming at us. We are looking at the BBs from a shotgun coming at us in terms of the threats and coming up here in just a moment to talk with me about this from a biblical code search perspective is going to, is my guest uh, Jonathan Matthew Wright his website is the codesearcher.com before we get to Mr. Wright I had mentioned earlier I found a great company if you if if you have a business even if it's a small business that you've run out of your garage, are you looking to hire someone? Do you know anyone to look that's looking to hire? Recommend this company or yourself use this company. Well, even before I tell you, it's ZipRecruiter.com, by the way. But let me ask you, as as an employer, as somebody, as a business owner, do you know where to post your job on the Internet to find the best candidates? 
Posting your job in one spot, it's not enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, and it's important to do so, especially in today's environment, you need to post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can. You see, with ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with just a single click of a mouse. You can find candidates in any city, in any industry, nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. Now, I spent a long time, a couple of hours, actually, on ZipRecruiter.com. And I was impressed with the ease of use. No more juggling emails or phone calls to your office. You can quickly screen candidates. You can rate them and hire the right person extremely quickly. You can find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 800,000 businesses. That's a lot of businesses using this company. And right now, folks, as a, as a gift to my listeners, our listeners, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. Here's, here's all you need to do. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. One more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. Or just go to Hagman and Hagman and look in, in, in the right-hand side there. You'll see the graphic for ZipRecruiter. Click on that. That'll take you to ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. Try it for free. Try it for free. You've got nothing to lose. So if you are a business owner or you know a business owner, recommend ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. Don't wait any longer. Do it today. Folks, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to have with me tonight um, as our guest, Jonathan Matthew Wright. He's appeared on our program before. He is a Bible code researcher. Now, if you have ever, have you wondered about Bible codes, their legitimacy, their authenticity. Well, I think we've established that Bible codes, in fact, uh, uh, are. Now, they were made famous through uh, films and books and such, but, but we're talking about the real technique of Bible codes, the real aspect of Bible codes. And one of the foremost authorities in this area is who we have on right now, Jonathan Matthew Wright, his website, thecodesearcher.com. Mr. Wright, thank you for joining me tonight. Shalom and Eretov, Doug. Thank you for having me on your broadcast. Sure, not a problem. Yeah. Now, now, before we rush on, we were I was talking about the, specifically right now, the racial conflicts, the race wars, Dallas, Texas, as yeah. a recent example. And I had gone back to the template that appeared back in the 60s and specifically with the Nation of Islam back in the 70s. We're seeing this happen again today. What happened back in the 60s and 70s is happening again today. Absolutely. And, I, and it's really interesting that you brought up uh, Louis Farrakhan in your uh, your little uh, dialogue there. Uh, the very night that that event happened, um, I, I looked up Dallas Sniper and found it. 
and it seemed to have a connection to Islam. And, and at the time in the chat room I was participating at, uh, people were asking, um, you mean ISIS? And I thought to myself, no, I think this is more like Nation of Islam, uh, <laughs> is, uh, Islam, uh, domesticate or, or American domestic Islam, if you will, um, the militant branch of American uh, prison system uh, slash uh, you know reform, whatever you want to call it. Uh, there's a high population that come out of there into right in, if, if if and when they are released, right into that racist um, doctrine. But yeah, I found I found a connection to it. I thought found that interesting that you brought that up, uh, Doug. I don't believe I told you that. You know? No, no. See, I, I'm I'm just that good. How's that? <laughs> I'm I'm just that. Good. No, actually, um, yeah. It, it it it's it's something that we've I've seen in in the uh, intelligence briefings that the public don't see. When I say intelligence briefings, I'm, I'm talking about the. Um, um, in, um, law enforcement uh, bulletins that that are shared among people in law enforcement that uh, are not necessarily restricted dissemination, but are mainly kept by law enforcement. Um, and Farrakhan did come up. So, so talk talk to us here. You found it. Um, what's going on here? Is this ethnos versus ethnos? Is this is this judgment upon America? Uh, Help me out here. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it's judgment on America. I believe it's uh, systematic decommissioning and, uh, you know, just uh, America falling apart. Absolutely a part of judgment. The the interesting thing is we, we're seeing it in the codes, which just, uh, and sometimes beforehand, which is uh, just completely amazing. Uh, and when this event happened, um, I remembered, I had recalled, just a couple of days before this this uh, event in Dallas happened, and of course, the, what happened in Baton Rouge? These these white officers killed a black man at point blank range, and then I recalled seeing something with Louis Farrakhan, and his remarks were uh, very militant, very inflammatory. He was saying to kill white people, to kill them before they killed you, uh, and so. Here we are a couple of days later. I see what's happening, you know, through the internet and the, the news feeds. And, uh, and as I'm searching it, that thought comes across my mind. And I immediately found a cluster, uh, off to the right. And I uh, apologize. We weren't able to get that PDF to you. That's how new this table is. I'm still working on it, but it had race war and the year, uh, crossing it off to the right hand side of that. And, uh, with, that, that kind of detail with Louis Farrakhan's name in there, the name of the shooter, Micah Johnson, is in there. Uh, just, yeah, and especially the, the actual text that these, these codes are coming in, all prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, and each of them seem to be speaking judgment when we see this. So, you answer your question, yes, brother, we're, we're absolutely seeing judgment on this country. Um, and what we're seeing unfold. Okay. Now, before we get too far down the road here, for, for people new to this, people might say, well, wait a minute. What are you guys talking about? How can this be in the Bible? And uh, Can you give it like a quick 
I mean, just a, a Cliff Notes version of, Absolutely. of what 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 Bible codes are, and just for what people t- who don't really know. What we're talking about is equal letter distant sequence, which is a particular type of Bible code. There's more than one. Uh, this is happens to be an equal letter uh, numbered uh, sequence that um, seems to have structure in order to it and indicates a divine hand. Uh, this has been known about since before um, Isaac Newton uh, and, and, and a thousand years before him uh, the, they were counting letters by hand and finding codes. Um, fast forward to modern day uh, I've Scientist in, in, or mathematician in Israel, uh, remembered a story of a mathematician in World War II about in, uh, codes, uh, in the Bible. And so he tested that theory and wrote a algorithm and, uh, found Bible codes or Torah codes. Um, so, uh, what I have discovered about it seems to be, uh, indicates to me that it's, it's a tool that it aids in the unsealing of, of sealed books like Daniel and Revelation. Uh, absolutely, the Father had a purpose for it. He put it there. Um, it, it's based on mathematics and the fact that, that these things appear uh, indicate a, a, a divine uh, hand in this. There's been 135 different texts that have been checked uh, and nothing to the calendar of Bible codes uh, can be replicated. So, um, in a nutshell, it's it's something that's virtually impossible to happen. Uh, it proves the Bible's validity, uh, and is you know happens to be a passion of mine now. Now, this is not something that you can use as a tool to predict the future, but to validate past events, right? Because, um, and and one and one more question to kind of piggyback yes. off that one, um. It's argued by by many that you can you can find um, codes in Moby Dick, for example, and mm-hmm. um, you know all sorts of books. Um, and yeah. it's it's you know so answering that first, how do you respond to that? And then of course um, the other question about uh, um, validating as opposed to predicting the future. The way I have seen it in in relation to um it's um, uh, a priestly um, ordination of an ephod, which is a device that was used by the priest and, and had stones on the chest and some on the shoulders. Uh, the priest would go in but into the Holy of Holies and ask the Father a question, and the holy fire from, from uh, the altar would reflect off the letters and communicate back to the priest. Now, we have not just myself, but uh, some rabbis in Israel have found a connection to the ephod and Bible codes. Now, they do not search the anything further than the Torah, the first five books. Uh, the, what, the way I differ is I look through the whole uh, Tanakh, the whole Bible, and that means the, the prophets as well. And what I've discovered is... The Bible codes play a role in unsealing the sealed books, which they stay away from. They won't touch that. So, and I think that is a a big mistake. I, and it has purpose for the end time. Right. It, it, it's almost like excising an important part of the manuscript out from consideration. 
All right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. So now, folks, uh, again, our, our guest is Jonathan Matthew Wright. His website, thecodesearcher.com. And, uh, a lot of great information there. And it's interesting because he did send me some, uh, PDF files of uh, codes or of, um, uh, subjects, I suppose. And yeah. what, what, to me, one is just as bad as the next. Um, so let, let's do some triage here as we're looking at what the Bible code has to say about the time in which we presently find ourselves. Let's um, back away from the uh, uh, the uh, uh, Civil War race issues at the moment, but I think we're going to kind of come back on that because it's going to we're, we're going to see it segue be segued um, when I ask you this question. Right. Elections: Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton. Are there names in there? The elections of 2016, America. What are we facing based on your assessment of the Bible code? Well, let me just back up and say, during the time of the election of Barack Obama, we were looking at this this man having a connection to the man of sin, uh, which there was nothing in the scripture that said that person would come from the United States. But because we had found that, uh, the the obvious uh, implication after that was there would ne- not be another uh, American president. So here we are toward the end of this said person's uh, administration, and we're at an election. Uh, the, the thing about Bible codes is incompleteness. This is not a crystal ball. We're not uh, reading the future. All we can go on is basically headlines, historical facts, and uh, what, what are called priority terms, facts that we know beforehand. Uh, so uh, saying that, uh, we didn't know last year or maybe two years ago when, who was going to be running for and, and what circumstances for president. Uh, I do believe the last time I was on on your show, uh, it was inconclusive who the nominees would be. But I did indicate to you that it, that the codes uh, showed that Trump would be the nominee, and uh, they also had the word Nazi or president that was uh, connected to his name. But with that, I told you that that could very well have meant. You know, he's a president of his uh, company, which he he is. These are certainly uh, left for interpretation uh, uh, when you're looking at code. So anyway, uh, once it was obvious that he indeed was going to be the nominee, uh, I started searching to see uh, what were the possibilities of finding him or Hillary uh, as being the winner. Now, there was a heredity. Jew uh, from Israel that that found a code that indicated that Hillary would be the the winner. Uh, however, I disagreed by looking at his table and the, at, at that conclusion, which was Hillary and the word president. Uh, now, here's the thing: she was married to a president, so there could be the connection there to that word in the code. There, that doesn't uh, necessarily interpret into she would be the next president. So I wasn't convinced. So I looked further, and, and so uh, I found the term Trump wins. Uh, now, this table seemed to indicate that Trump would get the uh, majority of the vote, uh, but uh, it didn't. still just didn't feel right, especially looking at the polls. 
and, and things that were happening with emails and Hillary and how she could manipulate. Um, it, it, I had to look whether this could possibly be something that was stolen. Uh, that, you know, for instance, that happened with the Republicans with the Bushes and the Florida counts of the vote. Uh, I could see that this could be the tables turned and now this be a Democratic stealing of the election. And indeed, that table, Trump wins. Uh, Hillary's names seems to, it comes right down through the, his, his access term, his name, uh, connecting to the word president. Uh, and at the top, it uh, did have the word uh, steals or stolen there. So uh, even with the, the access term saying Trump wins, uh, it was still inconclusive with the uh, the anomaly of, of Hillary Steele. So you could find that table uh, in video form at uh, CodeSearcher.net on YouTube under uh, Trump wins Hillary Steele's. Um, and, and yeah, for for those people who are watching this via our YouTube channel, uh, on the uh, on the monitor next to me here, I've got the I've got the table up uh, titled "The Trump Wins Hillary Steals Bible Code Matrix of End Times Prophecy." Of course, and and this gives uh, folks a, a good visual here, I think, of what what you do, and and I do know or you know how you find these uh these I'll use the word clues here um in in the in the bible um and also the the um i suppose the the proximity of names yes. dates uh the different proximity words and such so folks you can see this and also if you go to our guest website as well which is linked off of hagman and hagman.com but 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 this gives you a good idea uh, ladies and gentlemen, of of what our guest is looking at and how yeah. this is accomplished. Okay, all right. So, so yeah. we're looking at a uh, uh, so we're looking at something here at the, at the moment, kind of through a, a glass darkly, where Trump could very well win, but Hillary ends up taking the taking the White House. Right, and and that and that's actually apparent in the other uh, Trump table. I don't know if. Uh... If your if your tech can pull it up, but that that is the one that has his her name running through the access term itself, uh, which in, it seems to indicate to me that that she, that she swoops in and to steal the election, especially that one of the letters in her name is uh, actually uh, part of the word Nazi or president uh, in, in that anomaly. So uh, again. Nothing. The codes didn't come with uh, any sort of instruction book when they were <laughs> discovered. So, uh, literally every day uh, in this field, uh, hypothesis and methodology change. Uh, it is sure. certainly not here for us to predict the future, but it's there for some reason. Uh, I, I like I said, I believe it has something to do with sealed books. Uh, but but again, even with that being said, uh, there is amazing. Clustering. Oh, there you go. There is the actual one that says Trump wins. And you can see right. Hillary's name in blue sweeping down to the word president in that. Uh, and at the top in the orange letters that from the, from the top blue highlighted uh, verses there uh, is the word stolen in there uh, as well. So could we see a, a, a redo of what happened with the Republican Party and the Bushes? Uh, certainly, uh, I'm not making any predictions here. I'm just saying this is very interesting to look at something like this 
Uh, as you can see there in the bottom of that table, it says width at a 3704. That is indicating a very small space uh, in these in these uh, matrices, which is a tight cluster. Uh, the the probability of something like this happening is is just insane. That it's very clear that they're for for a reason. Uh, we're trying to figure out why they're there every day. Uh, and, and to, uh, to, to say this or that as, as if we have finally figured out, I, I can't say that we're there yet. That's something we're sure. still trying to figure out, brother. Yeah. And, and, and folks, none of this is, um, we are not, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to be careful on my wording here because, you know, we, we, we will, I'm sure, be accused of divination or some, some weird, uh, something that has nothing to do with anything. When you look at uh, the scriptures and, we, and you look at the document and you look at the, um, uh, you take all of the evidence into account. And, and I, I use, uh, I'm, I'm classifying the, the Bible here now as evidence. Um, what I see at the very least is a, dev- is a, um, Tactic, device, method. I'm not sure what the right word is, but it legit, it validates the, the inerrant word of God. Because how, you know, how in the world could you possibly have this by accident? And and to me, you know, no, this, and I truly believe that the Bible, um, I, I, to me, the Bible is, uh, one of the, well, the most fascinating book in the entire world, but it contains. I agree. It contains it, it. It contains everything that that has happened and will happen, and it's a, it's a, one of the most marvelous mathematical books, physics books. Um, it, it's just a, it's just a fantastic book. So this kind of this this is interesting. So what we're doing here, folks, is having an intellectual discussion about the possibilities here, and of course. Um, nothing more, nothing less. So, okay. So, all right. So, we've, we're looking here at a possibility. And, and isn't it interesting, too, uh, Mr. Wright, that this has been discussed where Trump could very well win and something would happen where Hillary would end up being uh, the occupant of the White House. And here you find it uh, just in that fashion. I saw the word assassination. I'm not sure which which uh, block it was, but I saw the word assassination in there. Um, yes. What was yeah. that about? Well, th- uh, th- that seems to be something that uh, follows Trump in, in each one of these tables. His name does appear several times. Uh, mm. You know, um, it doesn't it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to to figure out that. Well, he's running for president. Uh, there is a possibility, and especially after the things that he says uh, says and his platform about building the wall, uh, he has. Uh, you know, there's a danger of. Someone taking his life. Um, sure. So the word murder, assassination, it does appear. So uh, that that's why that is there. So which is again, it just reflects these possibilities. And, and one of the uh, X variables of the codes is people have choices, and so the father has accounted for that in the code. So uh, with the, these words, we see that just the fact that. The danger is indeed there, but again, like I said, it doesn't. You don't need the codes to know that. It's common sense. It's sure. Uh, just sure. Uh, you can actually see it there as well. Okay. You see murder, 
there, the table you're showing there now, you can see the word murdered, is actually connected to his name. So, it, It's my understanding, too, uh, Mr. Wright, the closer the proximity of words, the... Higher the, the probability. That's the methodology okay. these rabbis have come up with. Uh, but, you know, there's some things that I have found that I disagreed with them about. Like, for instance, they say codes are only in the Torah. So uh, that is clearly somewhere that I disagree with them on based on findings like Yeshua is my name in Isaiah 53. So uh, when they say this or that, uh, I go and test it and, and, and usually make the determination myself whether or not right. that's a good method or not, but that is generally the method that they go by, which is smallest skip in closest proximity uh, equates uh, a high probability of an event taking place. Uh, for you know, if that is true, I cannot testify, but uh, I am you know searching that out. Uh, that's okay. why I'm looking at these kind of things and you know to see if indeed that's what it means. Well, okay, and as we are coming, uh, as we are approaching, for example, the both uh, the Republican and Democratic National Conventions for 2016. Uh, we're hearing, we're seeing a lot of discord. We're seeing the fact that uh, the uh, uh, Black Panthers are, intend to open carry, for example, at the Republican Convention. We're being yeah. promised of disruptions. Yeah. How does this overlap now? I mean, let's just go ahead and continue. And This is the and, thing, brother. Okay, we're talking about a one-world government, a one-world takeover. Now, the thing about America that sets us apart is we have gun-toting believers that, that are a part of the population. Uh, just ask anyone from Australia uh, what it's like to have those guns taken from you in one day, and all of a sudden you no longer have a say. You just do <laughs> what you're told, right? So right. Uh, how are you going to do that in America? You cannot uh, get people in to vote. They won't have a job the next day if they did to vote and to take these guns. So what do you got to do? You got to orchestrate something, right? And that's what I see taking place. The racial tensions that is in the air, even the weather, the heat that is in the, in the deep south right now is playing a part in the tension and they're using this to orchestrate it, I believe, a gun take uh, takeover, you know, to take guns away from Americans. Just every one of these massacres, quote, massacres that we see is another one they chalk up to uh, the reason why uh, they're going to do what they're going to do. And that's eventually take the guns and uh, control the population. Uh, the other thing that I've, I've seen in the Coast Brother, and you've, you've seen the table there, uh, is the indication of war and FEMA camps. Um, oh, yes, yes. Well, let, let's definitely talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. And before the show, um, you and I had a conversation, too, and, and maybe this is a good time to kind of jump into this. FEMA camps, and you had <laughs> you had said something, it kind of made me chuckle a little bit, about FEMA camps being like Disney World or Disneyland, right. uh, yeah. you know, yeah. expand on that because I, I, it, it, it I can title, see this. Yeah, the title of that PDF and that video is uh, is FEMA camp, uh, Disneyland and FEMA camps, and the way they have this set up is so that anytime something 
happens uh, that's catastrophic, whether that's a hurricane or war or, you know, martial law, whatever. It's going to be such where people come running to FEMA as if it's Disneyland, as if this is the best thing that could happen to you, uh, when in, in oh, reality it is the worst thing that can happen to you because it's, it's essentially like a mousetrap, these, these camps. Uh, that, that's how I see it. Um, it. It's all orchestrated and organized. Uh, it's militarized. They do have a plan, folks. Uh, I don't know if organizations like uh, Walmart and Target play a role in it. I find it very interesting that they have uh, you know, anomalies taking place in some of these installations uh, and, and the fact that Walmart uses uh, the, some of the most sophisticated facial recognition software. They say it's for, um, you know, loss prevention. But the okay. fact is, you, you come walking into Walmart because you've shopped there before, you've used your cars electronically, uh, they immediately know who you are, where you live, roughly what you spend uh, every week. Uh, they know everything, and they know all this by the time you come to the door and check out. Uh, why do they need to know all of this metadata, and, and why are they storing it? Um, you know, this is really alarming. And the fact that we're seeing cameras everywhere, brother, uh, UN vehicles on the interstates, uh, is the writings on the wall. This is, you know, very, very shocking to see taking place, and no one seems to be alarmed in the main street. You know... Yeah, I'm, I'm looking here, and folks again watching on, on YouTube, I'm looking at Operation Disneyland equals FEMA camps. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, um, <laughs> I see a whole lot of colors, by the way, here. And I see a whole lot of overlaps and, and, oh. uh, you know, uh, uh, By the way, the, all of those verses highlighted, and, and this is a very, again, a very small space. Down at the bottom, you see that 8280. That is less right. than a 10,000 10, uh, letter uh, matrix. Uh, all of these verses are judgment verses from from prophecy. And you can see the, the, the word FEMA camps in there with modern day terms. Uh, come on. What is it? What is it telling us? It doesn't take, like I said, a rocket scientist, just someone with an anointing to, with with, with the Holy Spirit, to look at that and say, uh, "This is trying to tell us something." Yeah, yeah. Now, are you able to discern, for example, a timeline, or, or better yet, are you able through your research, are you able to discern the series, the chrono, uh, chronology? I guess I would say, of yeah. events. You know, this would happen, and that would happen, and this would happen, and then that. Or right. is it... Well, this is the thing. Uh, yes, absolutely. We have tried to, to put this down in, in some sort of timeline. Uh, the best thing that we can do is follow it day by day, looking at headlines. Uh, the years that come up are, are happen to be there. The anomaly of, of these two years, 2015, 2016, see, seem to be the pattern what they mean, brother, I don't know. We we can only you know stand and wait and see. Uh, but it, it, it's I think it's it's a barometer, so to speak, or a or a bearing, uh, if you will, on prophecy and current events taking place. 
Okay. All right. Uh, again, we're talking with Jonathan Matthew Wright, his website. Uh, Mr. Wright, go ahead. Give out your website. Give out your all of your, your information that related to your website, your YouTube. Sure. And give that out. Go ahead. Sure. Yes, you can find me at YouTube at the uh, CodeSearcher.net is uh, my YouTube channel. You can find me on the Internet at TheCodeSearcher.com. Uh, that is our website over there. We do have a training program right now that there are four slots remaining in that school where we are teaching Hebrew, some basic Hebrew and how to, uh, search the code. So, uh, if, if there's any listeners that want to participate in that, there are four slots available, uh, in that class. So you can find out over at codesearcher.com, uh, up at the tabs up the top under apply. Yeah, no problem. And this is a subscription-based uh, uh, service, university, if you will, for uh, Bible code. So, uh, but but definitely inquire if you're interested, especially if you're interested in this. And um, um, <laughs> we were talking about a, a, a show that both you and I uh, liked. That's no longer on air. Uh, uh, numbers. It's yeah. a show about math, and um, I just, I've, I've, again, I brought a smile to my face when, we, when you were talking about the, the mathematics. And, and we aren't talking about math here. We're talking about ELS, the equal, uh, equidistant lettering, letter spacing. And we were talking about the uh, math everywhere, really. And again, the Bible is a book of mathematics. So, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. Here's the uh, thing, you know, after the assassination. Uh, Yitzhak Rabin, um, Michael Grozan, who wrote the Bible Code book, had a code in there that seemed to predict his death. Now, uh, after the fact, when when this happened, Mossad and the national, uh, the NSA, uh, took notice. Uh, now, it is a fact. You can find Harold Gans, who's an uh, Orthodox Bible Code researcher. He's also an encryptologist with NSA. They use Bible codes in supercomputers, uh, to, to I, I believe, to predict the future. And it goes to the conversation we were just having earlier today about that show, which is Numbers, that was on uh, CBS. And that is based on something very similar to what I'm talking about, uh, and that is on an algorithm called the Monte Carlo Method, uh, which is a, a mathematical formula that runs down through all the possibilities uh, and, and so it, it's, it's a problem solver, if you will. Um, risk assessment, uh, insurance companies use it for risk assessment. Uh, exactly. But, yeah. uh, the idea that I was talking to you about with, uh, this training that I'm doing is, uh, coming up with a group of people working as a think tank along that line, uh, the, the Monte Carlo method, uh, if you will, uh, of searching things out through all you know, possibilities that you can think of. So we don't have a supercomputer, but we do have um, brothers and sisters that have an anointing, uh, that have passion, uh, that we can teach these skill sets too, and uh, hopefully get some more uh, some more codes un- unsealed. So that was kind of the idea behind that when uh, we were talking about that show. Yeah, exactly, and, and uh, yeah, you we we have a, a, a something something in common with that. Uh, many that that was a fantastic show, but 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 you're right. The uh, that specific algorithm that uh, um, uh, the Monte Carlo 
algorithm. Method. Yeah. Method, yeah. method, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, that, you know, with risk assessment, all of the, I mean, folks, this is fact-based. I mean, things like that are used by um, major carriers, top, you know, top 100 Fortune, Fortune 100 companies. Um, I'm kind of interested. You said the NSA is running Bible code program. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. That is Harold Gantz. Harold Gantz is an encryptologist with uh, the NSA. And uh, there's a documentary that's out on Bible codes that he's in. And uh, and, and he clearly identifies himself as such. But, uh, yeah, uh, they use these supercomputers. Of course, with governments, they're going to use it for weaponization uh, against other countries, against peoples, whatever. Uh, And that's exactly what they do, I believe. Uh, I think that's how they know beforehand when these uh, events take place. There's always seems to be conveniently a training exercise taking place right around the corner uh, in some instances. Uh, How do they know that? Uh, it, it could be that they are, you know, running codes and are, are trying to, if you will, head something off at the pass. Or, or the flip side of that could be something, something worse, you know, something more nefarious. But isn't that interesting, though? You know, I never really, honestly, I never connected the two, meaning um, the actual activity of looking at, looking for or looking at the Bible codes, or looking for information within the Bible codes, um, mm-hmm. with, with with events like that at the NSA level and being on site, serendipity. You know, it was yeah, we're talking okay? we're talking about the same government, and I think there's a George Clooney movie out where in that movie that the, they were. Yeah. Doing ESP with goats or something. Uh, this yep, is the same. goats. Yeah. Yep. There you go. So we're talking about the very same government. Uh, Maybe decades later, but this is the same government, and, and that's the kind of thing they do. Uh, if, if there seems to be something um, metaphysical happening, uh, paranormal, what have you, I believe that they they check it out. They take a look at it, and in in, in some cases, try to weaponize. Uh, if they could, uh, and, and only the flip side of that, but they also put out a lot of misinformation on things, and I've seen that in this field where there's been uh, code imposters that that have come out uh, putting out a bunch of misinformation, false predictions, and it was just really <laughs> bad methodology that seems, you know, to be to me simply misinformation, just to muddy the water uh, of the field. And boy, I'm so glad you brought that up because we have that in every venue, in, in anything that we do in the uh, independent media. It seems, for example, um, whether it be TWA Flight 800, you know, we had Jack Cashel talking about that uh, in here, and of course, we off air we talked about the misinformation that's put out deliberately by the government or by others acting on behalf of the government. The same thing with things like the Vince Foster murder. So you're seeing it too in Absolutely. your in your area. Absolutely, yes. Yes, and, 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 you know, especially when you have things like, you know, we were very close. I, I wasn't trying to predict any kind of future event, 
but when we had the comet that came close to Mars, uh, we had the word collides come uh, up here in there, like uh, over a year before the event happened, brother. Uh, I was hammering this thing that there was going to be a deep impact. Of course, that word was not there. Uh, it came and went. There was no deep impact, which uh, was the, the distraction of that. But there was a collision. Uh, you know, these kinds of things... Uh, the Ariel Sharon death. We, we were showing three weeks before he died after being in a coma for uh, almost eight years. Uh, three weeks before he died, it was in the codes, uh, that he would die because of this, uh, in that year. Uh, but, but no coverage on that. But right after that is when I started seeing these other, you know, so-called code searchers pop up, uh, with all these predictions of a rapture this and rapture that. And uh, all these predictions, you know, month after month, and it became clear to me that this was reckless uh, misinformation being put out and nothing more. Uh, and so that was kind of something I've had to combat, uh, you know, here on YouTube. There's, of course, no regulation. So uh, what do you do? Um, you, yeah, exactly. You put, out, you, you put out truth, and then other people put out misinformation, and then the, the viewers have to weed through all of that. To find the truth, and you know that's the nature and, of the and, See that, and, and folks, this is what we've tried to do, and I try to do. Uh, the gentleman that I'm speaking to today, uh, Jonathan Matthew Wright, we uh, we, had, we had met actually, I'd met him face to face, and and there's nothing better than meeting someone face to face. I have to tell you, in terms of vetting someone, okay. Um, Maybe someone might ask me, well, what, you know, what makes your guest the foremost expert, not a misinformation or disinformation agent? Well, uh, a lot of things, including a face to face meeting and understanding, uh, getting to know, getting to know that person, but also, um, well, I mean, well, how would you respond to that? Well, do you know, who would go through the kind for instance, when I first came on your show and we were talking, you know, I just did, uh, True News with Rick Wiles and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we were talking about Obama and Rick Wiles' office was trash. Uh, I was followed by a helicopter for a couple of days and, and I had the conversation with you, you know, there, you may get some flack, uh, from having <laughs> me on. And indeed, that's, that's exactly what we see. Um, who would go through that kind of stuff and endure it and keep going if they didn't believe in, in what they was doing? Uh, it, it's, it's obviously a passion. Uh, nobody would put up with that kind of uh, harassment and, and you know, danger. Uh, you know, there, there is a danger to this, brother, even with what you and, and uh, Joe did. Uh, not too long ago oh, here a, a, yeah. a, a youtuber was was killed the, the the young lady from the voice uh this was was somebody that that saw them on youtube man on uh mainstream tv uh they didn't uh -huh. like them and their ideology and uh they wanted to end their life you and i face those same kind of dangers when we go to these conferences and such uh what the same kind of thing could happen you will forbid uh, to to one of us, um, those are the kind of things you you have to keep in the back of your mind doing this. So it's, uh, this right. this right. world, people are you know um, demonized. You know, yeah, that's that's a very good point, and and that's one thing I've noticed. That there is a ratcheting up 
of when, when you when you were on True News with Rick Wiles, and, and I and I had spoken to Rick um, off air about his, what was taking place, and f- folks, you, you'll you'll never hear really the half of what Rick has gone through with respect to the. Um, I don't even want to say harassment because it's much more than that. And of course, others involved in the independent media. You know, we're constantly we're constantly looking over our shoulders. So, to me, in addition to everything else, when you, sir, are are are, are the target of of others' wrath and harassment, um, that does ha- have a tendency to validate you as a source as well okay in, in kind of a left-handed sort of way but but nonetheless in validation and, and you've, you've had your share of of issues as well um but not, a- absolutely you know. and uh, and you know and i take that uh, with a little bit of uh you know to to, to think about it uh in all, in all seriousness that is a huge um, responsibility. For instance, the topic of the Clintons. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of bo- bodies that follow these people. Uh, and I admire people like uh, Larry Nichols, which is a, a former uh, Clinton yep. advisor, a man dying of cancer. But, uh, you know, d- he doesn't let death d- deter him. Uh, he speaks out on truth and uh, in spite of uh, the dangers. Uh, so, those, yeah, you're right. Those are the kind of things uh, we have to. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, okay, uh, now, Mr. Wright, I'll tell you what, we've got about four minutes to the top of the hour. I'd like to keep you for another segment after the top of the hour, if that's okay with you, ahead of time. Sure, you, sure, you okay? sure, oh, all right. absolutely. I wasn't sure if you had a hot date or whatever. So you know, uh, didn't, no. Okay, all right, so having said that, in the run-up to the break, uh, in a couple of minutes, um what are you over the next couple of minutes? What uh, what are you looking at now that's relevant that could? Eh, I mean, we could we'll, we could talk about it, or, you know, when we come back. But give us kind of a teaser what you're looking at now that 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 may have an impact on us soon. Sure, absolutely. I think with this martial law thing that hangs over us, uh, that some, that we're, we're looking for a trigger, something that's going to trigger this. And, uh, and that's the kind of thing I'm concerned about because that's what they want. They want martial law. They want to take the guns. They can't do anything until then. Thank you. Okay. Well, we go figure, huh? All right. We we lost uh, we lost our guest uh, guest. Uh, yeah, we lost our guest, uh, but we'll get him back. And as a matter of fact, we'll get him back at the top of the next hour, um, perhaps on a different with a different form of communication. But uh, but folks, what we're talking about here is is Bible codes, and, and of course, most most of our audience are familiar with with Bible codes. And it's interesting to me when I looked at um, Jonathan Matthew Wright's latest work. I'm looking at these Bible codes, and I'm seeing a whole lot of stuff. I mean, look at this. If you know on the um, on the monitor here, look at the FEMA camps. Look at Hillary Clinton. Look at the uh, look at the elections. I mean, all of this. Isn't that something? Um, and, and he had talked about too, talked about the uh, you know the disinformation and such that that has been put out there, and the glamorization 
that was made through uh, others, through in fact through the Hollywood mechanism and through the print print media and such. Uh, do we have you back? Yes, I'm back. Oh, okay. Isn't yeah. that interesting how you just kind of dropped? Interesting off? how that and where that is. Uh, you know, it, that is we see that uh, incidentally all the time in, in important moments where you're speaking about a certain subject and you're clicking, yeah. you're gone like that. Yeah, I, I, as we here, we'll just uh, um, kind of converse until the uh, top of the hour. But I, we had. Um, Josh Tolley, I had Josh Tolley uh, co-hosting with me last week, and he said, you know, I do a lot of radio shows everywhere, and he said, um, I never have many, I don't, I don't have any problems with connectivity, uh, and, and except on your show. And I take that kind of like a a badge of honor. I wear that with a badge of honor. Many people early on said, oh, you guys are, are amateurs, you guys are nobodies, you know. Uh, but the more we got into things like the Bible code, the more we got into things, and especially talking about the Clint, about Clintons and such, uh, boy, the more things started happening. And you can only say, well, you know, it's a technical snafu so many times. And then yeah. things start looking a little bit weird. Um, by the way, folks, our, our guest again, uh, Jonathan Matthew Wright, his website, thecodesearcher.com. Visit his website. And from there, you can see and, and, and you can access the very documents that, that, that we're showcasing here tonight. And don't forget, folks, he has his own, well, I don't know, university, college of knowledge of Bible code that you got four slots open for, uh, students, shall we say, That's- right? Four slots left. Yes, okay. absolutely. We're, we knew we could handle 24, uh, so that, that's what we're sticking at right now. We may do more later, uh, but we're we're trying to pass these skill sets off uh, to well, other people. Uh, sounds great. Well, when we come back, let's hit some really meaty subjects, including war. Is there war? Is there perhaps an invasion in our in our future? What does the Bible code say about that? Folks, we're going to be right back. Stay right where you are. Doug Hagman, Hagman and Hagman Report. Stay right there. Star Radio Network. You never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood.
Hey, welcome back, folks, to this segment of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Doug Hagman flying solo until tomorrow when Joe returns. We are so fortunate to have with us uh, our guest right now, Jonathan Matthew Wright, thecodesearcher.com. You know, it's it's one thing to look at the headlines and to look at them critically, analytically, and, and from a... Um, uh, well, I guess I'll say a secular viewpoint. And it's an entirely different way to look at them from the angle of uh, the Bible code, a Bible code. And Eric, the tech, and I were just were talking during the break uh, as we were passing each other for the water uh, cooler there. And uh, he said, you know, it's really there's a lot to this and there's a lot there and, and it, indeed it is uh indeed there is now before we get back with our guest i i want to ask you folks have you gone to minutemanstove.com yet now i gotta i folks this is not a sales pitch this is just a, a statement it's my understanding from a conversation I had with uh, with Mr. Miller, who owns Minuteman Stove, they're selling out of these stoves. I mean, they're selling a lot of these stoves, these rocket stoves. And in these uncertain times, it just makes sense to have a, a, a sustainable backup method for accomplishing one of the most important daily tasks, and that's cooking, preparing food. We all need a way to cook and a method to process uh, water, a disruption in the power supply or fuel dis- distribution. It could put most people out of business. Now, a Minuteman rocket stove can provide you, your family, or the group, neighborhood, whatever, it would the perfect solution. It's small, it's lightweight, wood-burning, and every bit as powerful as a kitchen stove. We have one here. It is an ammo can, reinforced. It's got a burner on top. I mean, I just, I, I, I'm not a camper, and I'm not one for outdoors that much, but I will say that it's easy to use. It's very efficient, and if I can use it, I can guarantee you, you can too. And this is one thing that we for, often forget about. We have a lot, well, let's say you've got a lot of stored up uh, long-term storable food. Well, how are you going to cook it? Well, I've got my propane. I've got the... Okay, no. You know what? You may, you better make sure you've got plan B. And this, to me, this would be plan A, actually, because I can control the heat with this. And, um, frankly, bur- uh, wood, you know, it, it's it's readily accessible. And when you burn wood, there's always a supply there, too. When you burn wood in an open fire, it's inefficient with this. Uh I must tell you that it is really a unique device. Now, this is not your uh, made-in-China. No, no, no. This this is made right here in America by Americans, by people who are patriots. And don't forget, we do grill the owners <laughs> and, and, and the product as well. And they passed our test, believe me. And uh, I recommend this product highly. That's it's uh, folks just go to minutemanstove.com, minutemanstove.com, and order yours today and get fire starters with them as well. The fire starters are just unbelievable. You talk about being able to start a fire. If you can't start a fire with one of the fire starters from Minuteman uh, Stove, uh, boy, 
seek help because I can guarantee you um, one or two strikes from these fire starters will definitely get the job done. Minutemanstove.com. That's Minutemanstove.com. And I want to thank each and every one of you for joining, staying with us over the over this hour. And I want to thank our guests for st- sticking with us as well. Um, w- what a wonderful uh, guest, and w- what a wonderful topic to talk about. Uh, before we get back to to uh, Jonathan Matthew Wright, we were talking earlier about race relations here in America. Up in the recent polls, seventy percent say race relations are horrible. In fact, the highest since the Los Angeles riots. Now, I was driving through uh, the city of Buffalo during the L.A. riots, and, and I can tell you that I can, the, the tension was palpable in the air uh, during the height of those riots. And, and it's even gotten to the point where countries are warning their citizens about coming to the United States because of race relations. This is not folks this is not a distraction this is all part of their plan this is not a unfortunate byproduct this is part of their plan and uh, it's interesting because our guest Jonathan Matthew Wright decodesearcher.com bookmark that site by the way because coming out all the time with great information Um, it's interesting because we're talking about the uh, different uh, different factions here Louis Farrakhan Nation of Islam, folks, all of these groups are combining forces under the umbrella in funding, in operational tactics of some of the most, uh, some of the richest and most powerful people in the world. And they're being set loose right now under this regime, under this Obama regime here in America. And it's happening in Europe, it's happening all across the world. Isn't isn't that what that song, and I believe uh, Charles Manson made this very popular, Helter Skelter, uh, this race war uh, that would be the end time apocalyptic kind of scenario. Uh, But but even further back than that, wasn't it Albert Pike? Isn't this uh, part of the the, the elite's uh, plan to turn the races against one another? Um, folks, you can absolutely see that taking place before your eyes. The codes are reflecting that. Uh, the elites have told us this. Uh, what else do, do, do we need to convince those uh, that you're in the end times, that uh, indeed these things are taking place? Uh, folks like uh, the Hagmans and, and shows, uh, not to plug other shows, but like Alex Jones, uh, sure. they don't seem so crazy no more. Uh, you know, that it's very <laughs> plausible. These things were well, um, we're seeing them take place. Uh, so, uh, no, no more of the uh, that's just conspiracy theory. You crazy nuts? No, it's taking place, um, and it's yeah, a part of judgment. Great point. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and as I speak with other talk show hosts, whether it be Alex Jones or or JB Wells. Um, uh, we talk about this time and this right now, and you you are confirming it for us through the Bible codes. And I just find it interesting how everything is lining up with one another. And and now we are, well, we're at, we're at a point now where if anyone denies that we are in the final stages of of 
what God has planned for us, then you know what we can't. Can we? We we can't even have a conversation at that point if you if you deny it. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, you know the psychology involved here in desensitizing from Hollywood and all the uh, Illuminati stuff in your face with the Super Bowl production and and yep. uh, the voice in the American Idol stuff. Uh, you know, Amer- Americans are so dumbed down and desensitized now that when when things take place and when they begin to be, become uh, more accelerated, uh, they're stunned in the position in the position they're in, like a deer in the headlights, uh, not knowing what to do at that point. But uh, you know, just stand there stunned. Uh, this is a this is a a bad thing for. Folks need to be prepared and vigilant and hyper aware of what's going on around you. Um, your 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 rights and your 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 guns are being taken from you. Uh, this yeah, is you, a you repeat know, in history, just like uh, World War Two. Right, exactly what Hitler did. You know, be, before we get into the big topic here, too, a bigger topic of of uh, perhaps a, a world war, an atomic war. Let me ask you: You mentioned about guns being taken away, gun confiscation. I truly believe that there will be um that, that that's going to happen the attempt will be made now there is a really big problem okay i mean they, they attempt to take our guns away there's a big problem if right. one looks at this just simply if, if if we if we just look at this as okay the government's going to knock on your door to get your guns and uh that's it but but wait there are other factors here because you may be hungry. There might not be food. And in order for you to get food, you got to turn in your guns. I mean, yeah. What you know? So many other possibilities, right? Well, you think so, but here's the thing: we've got a, a, a president that seems to, you know, sign into law all these executive order when no one's looking. So what's going to happen when, uh, you know, we have this lame duck president who is, you know, really um, uh, being puppeteered by the elites, passing over the baton to the next wicked one to come into the office. Uh, this lame duck president signing into uh, law some sort of gun confiscation, something similar to what happened in Australia. You, you, you know, that was, it was all in one day. Uh, they turned right. in their guns. It was law, and now they are a gunless nation. Um, that's the, the kind of thing you could see that take place. I mean, this is his pattern. Uh, he does what he wants to, regardless of what Congress says uh, or what the people say. Well, let me ask you this: aside from Bible code, code, what would you do, what do you think? Um, just kind of talking here at the at the dining room table, what would it take? For a successful gun confiscation, or what would it take for the government to say, "Okay, that's it. You're a gun owner today. You're gonna, if you're going to gun tomorrow, you're going to be a felon." Um, exactly. Yeah. What, what, what is it going to take? Exactly. And 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 I think that's why we've seen things like quote uh, Sandy Hook, which was you know what would be more outrageous than the massacre of of innocent school children. Wow, and that's what we see takes place. And it's used as fodder against the 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 you know, the, the gun holders. Uh that, so that's not enough. So we they move on to the next thing. Uh Muslims in San Bernardino uh, doing a massacre and so on and so on. And now here we are. Uh 
you know, someone who wants to kill white police officers. Why? Because of uh, all the social media being blasted with images of uh, executions by police officers. Um, so, so it's all of this is being fed like into a fire uh, to incite to, uh, you know, I don't know if you're aware, but there's something that's supposed to take place called the Day of Rage in yes. like two, two days. Uh, this right. is something that comes from Islam, brother. It's basically what they do, uh, like, it, you know, when they go on suicide bombing missions or uh, when they simultaneously start slaughtering people. Uh, in the Middle East or in some um, discotheque in Israel, uh, you, you know, so uh, they're calling for this in two days. That's right. Uh, now, I would caution people because, uh, uh, Mr. Wright, I, I, I've seen some of the published Day of Rage locations. I believe I believe it to be true. I believe that, yes, uh, there is a Day of Rage scheduled. I think like you had said about other things, there's some uh, purposeful disinformation out there. Uh, some some and, of the and, locations are not right, but go go and, ahead. But and even and even if this event does happen, what what is legitimate? What is government orchestrated? I can tell yes. you this, and this is from you know a, a deceased family member who uh, participated in things that happened at Berkeley uh, during the '60s. Uh, he was government trained. He was in the military and was, you know, government trained to show up at some of these protests during that time and to do exactly what Soros is paying people do at Trump rallies, brother. It's still taking place. It's still going on. Uh, there, there's in, uh, instigating situations to take place. Uh, this was a rally, Black Lives Matter, that happened in Dallas. Uh, that they they used that situation to turn it into a slaughter. So uh, all we could do is be vigilant uh, to watch what takes place, to be aware, um, and and see what happens, brother. I, I, I you know pray that a father have mercy on this nation, but as it stands. Uh, the way it seems it's gonna gonna go is uh, just get worse and worse as we go right. through uh, this process of judgment. Yeah, and what we're seeing right now, would you say, are we under judgment by God? Uh, the race relations, the uh, the inflation, or whatever it might be, is this judgment from God, or is this uh, self-imposed, self-inflicted? Uh, Stuff. I I think well, when we talk about self as maybe a collective people, uh, you know, the Father uses the the, the other vessels to judge. Uh, so I think it's both to be true. We're we're in the, in the phases of chastening or judgment, uh, as far as getting to the point of all out wrath. I don't think that we're that to to that point yet. Right, we do right. serve a merciful Elohim, and uh, he, what He wants is for the for for people to turn back to Him, to uh, repent and uh, come back to Him. That's what He wants in this chastening. Uh, what, what ends up happening when that fails to take place is the wrath does come, the judgment does fall upon the wicked. And usually the righteous witnesses take place. Uh, we can see uh, the writing on the wall as it is now. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's any remorse to this country. It's more and more wicked every day. Uh, and, and in some cases, they're even proud of it. Uh, this, this thing with pride. 
uh, seems to be a theme in, in this country. Uh, there's going to be a, a humble uh, spirit sweep over. I'm, 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 I'm telling the viewers now, uh, I, I, that is one of the fears that I have for this country is, is the, com- the country being humiliated and brought low uh, because that, that seems to be the, uh, the prophetic scriptures and some of these codes as this country being uh, the, the one that's untouchable and finally uh, humbled and the rest of the world sees it and is shocked. Uh, that is the pattern. Uh, man. You, you know, the hubris that uh, we exude. Now, pride is one thing. I mean, when I say pride, I'm talking about being proud of oneself, your accomplishments, uh, who you are. You know, under that, that, that's yes. you know, a, a healthy pride. But when that becomes perverted and turns into this this hubris, this uh, haughtiness, the haughtiness, yeah, the haughtiness. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it becomes a real issue, and we've seen what happened with uh, you know Rabbi Khan and 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 you know you know the we we we've just seen so much, and it amazes me too. And just conversationally here, it amazes me that uh, people can deny this. Well, nothing happened with respect to uh, the Shemitah or whatever. You, whatever. It, well, it's not over yet. Just Absolutely. as, just you know, as the final code isn't right. written. You know? Exactly. And here's the other thing about that. They're not is exactly uh, sure when the Shemitah is or was. That was debatable, but so the, that that needs, needs to be said. There was still a debate in Israel about when was the Jubilee, when was the Shemitah. So uh, technically, right. uh, that is not 100% sure of when that is. We are definitely in that season. We could s- still be in the Shemitah year going out. So uh, the, the, the fact of the matter is he brought that information to, to light. Uh, it does... Seem to be um, something that uh, plays a part here, uh, but in his defense, uh, they're not quite sure when the jubilee or the shemitah right. uh, is or was. So, yeah, right, right, right. And, and I, again, this goes back to hubris, more personal than, than um, national, of course. Saying, well, you know, uh, man, was that person wrong or whatever? You know, I look. I think the jury's still out on a lot of things, including right. yes. That. Um, yeah. So we can't be quick to judge. All right. Now, getting back to your work here, because I, I'm fascinated by this. I have up on on the uh, on the monitor here. It's the atomic holocaust. Now, that caught my attention. I'm thinking, wait a minute, the Russian ambush is coming. I hear people like Dave Hodges talking about this, and others talking about this, and and saying, hey, look, there's a problem here. Now you're finding it in the Bible code. Talk Absolutely. To Talk to us. Yeah. Come on, one, man. Don't ruin my day. All right. One of the most famous uh, in, in, in the eschatological world, um, end-time prophecy is that of Zechariah 5, when it talks about the flying Megillah, or the frying roll, that flies across the face of the earth. Uh, uh, this, of course, is the chapter that talks about the woman uh, sitting inside a basket. Incidentally, uh, some of us believe that woman is a mistranslation. It mean, it is the other word, ish, which is fire. And if you read it in that context, a fire sitting inside of a basket with a lead disc as a lid, uh, what is given to Zechariah here is the exact dimensions of a missile. 
that flies across the face of the earth. That's exactly what tomahawk missiles do. Um, and here we have it in Zechariah 5. Uh, the outcome of that, uh, which... Th- th- this can't this be good. Oh, yeah, this is where the, the people's eyes melt in their sockets. I mean, Zechariah talks about this explicitly. Uh, this is yet to happen. Uh, now, the access term, uh, atomic holocaust, was, of course, found by um, Michael Drawson a few years ago, and it has yet to happen, obviously. Uh, but as you can see there in that table, there is a lot of information that uh, has come up. Several um, nations are there with... Uh, the United States, Russia, uh, uh, China, uh, Israel, of course, is there, Iran, uh, even um, North Korea. You can see running off to the left side there, Korea is running through uh, the children of Israel in the light blue. Uh, they're all there. Um, Man, and, and, Korea. Yeah, and so, so uh, what is all that about, brother? This is that a skip. I don't see. I don't know if you see that at the bottom. The ten forty four, which seemed to indicate the you know the forty fourth president, the ten kings or uh, the ten countries that may be playing a part in this. I don't know. I'm just speculating. But uh, keep in mind uh, these codes, these modern day terms that we're looking at here, have been encoded in this scripture for thousands of years. And here we are in the time spoken of by in, in Daniel, uh, of the time where knowledge is increased, man is running to and fro to seal it up until then. Uh, that is now. And these are the things we're looking at uh, encoded right here. Uh, this, this table is one of the most famous ones, and like I said, it's yet to happen. But could right. this be the year? Well, 2016 is in here. Uh, so was the year that he found it. But uh, what does that mean? It could have mean that the the year that he found that actual table. Um, again, this goes back to this can't just be for predicting. Uh, that's obvious. This has been around a while. So what does it mean? Um, it's yet to be to to be seen, brother. Um, well, well, yeah. Well, well, folks. You know, we, we our guest is bringing you information, and it's for your assessment, for your your. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, we don't know, but but here the headlines read: New Russian bomber able to launch nuclear attacks from space. Um, year after nuclear deal with Iran, Iran still chance death to America. Uh, North Korea readying uh nuclear some sort of nuclear uh, um uh a, a potential event you know they're being watched by china we're we're seeing all of this all right now and and i'm looking at the i'm looking at the chart there's a whole lot of stuff here absolutely and then and that's what makes it improbable that this is there by accident all of these terms coming together, if you think about this, the axis term itself, each one of those letters is like a combination number on a combination lock. And so right. we find that, then after you find that, you find all of these modern and, and ancient terms that come together, like I was just reading to you what Zachariah talked about in trying to describe a, a, a modern uh, event in ancient terms is clearly describing some sort of missile. The, the 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 dimensions given there specifically 
are exactly what uh, we have for intercom in, uh, ICBMs, uh, incidentally. So uh, to the, to find these codes layered over these these types of verses. Uh, indicates to me the Father wants us to know this information. He certainly didn't hide this from us, brother. You've heard me say this before. He hid this for us. Uh, this is uh, uh, these scriptures were written for us. So he put it there for us to find. Uh, it could be uh, because of the time that we live, this time of confusion where people are are so doubtful. Uh, you need evidence to to be confident in what you're hearing or seeing. Uh, you know who knows. Uh, we're still, like I said, trying to figure out why he has these here. Uh, the, the, the thing is, they are there. Um, but uh, it, it, it seems to indicate something uh, dreadful on, on its way. You know, yeah, and I, and I looked at that. And I'm, of course, I, I'm a newbie neophyte. I don't know. I don't know what I'm, half the time, what I'm looking at with these Bible codes. However, you do. And if you are looking at this, well, you are looking at this. Everyone's looking at this if you're watching it on YouTube. But but looking at this, if you were going to assess this as maybe a crime, crime scene technician would assess a crime scene, what are you seeing here? Are you seeing that, that Russia is going to attack the United States in a moment of weakness, perhaps? Or are you seeing, perhaps, that we are going to be weakened by something else and, and Russia's going to come and take us over or is Russia going to come to our aid or is this clearly as you put it a Russian ambush right I think it, I think the thing is too is when you see these kind of things in the codes that you take into consideration what you've seen take place in the mainstream and in news uh, on the internet and you make an assessment uh, is this valid is this something that's possible uh, and absolutely it is uh, you know Vladimir Putin himself even made comments that he could not uh, believe how close America was to war and then that, that Americans weren't weren't even aware he was almost pleading for Americans to wake up uh, but um, you, you know we, you can definitely all you have to do is just look around uh, they're they're buzzing um, Americans uh, ships right if that, right. If that had happened during the Reagan years I mean they wouldn't have gotten a hundred miles uh, <laughs> close to a ship and and they would have gone into some sort of conflict and now we have these uh, these Russian pilots they're doing acrobatics over uh, warships this is this is giving us an indication uh, there's no respect there and incidentally we just while we're on that subject let me just say uh, this current administration has spent a lot of time dismantling um, the military uh, I heard statistic that uh, currently worldwide we have less than half a million soldiers in the United States Army uh, which is very concerning brother because uh, uh, Russia has about that many in their mechanized division alone. So uh, we cannot defend ourselves, for one. We cannot sustain any more conflict, uh, basically fighting two fronts, uh, uh, two conflicts, two wars, two different fronts, for this many years has brought us to the brink of collapse. Uh, the same thing happened to the Soviet Union for being in uh, Afghanistan almost... 10 years or more, when they pulled out, that's when they collapsed. Uh, here we are in the very same situation 
and I, and I believe Russia is just kind of standing there watching, uh, knowing what's going to happen, and just uh, waiting for the the death uh, rattle to be over as far as the United States is concerned with with the economy uh, and, and such. It's all going to a one world government. That is a bottom line. Uh, that that's kind of where the the elites want us to. Uh, to go when they're collapsing the dollar, they're taking away their rights. Uh, this is the end game. End game, indeed. And, you know, we're, um, we're looking at uh, we're looking at trouble on multiple fronts. I, I mean, we can look at uh, no matter what it is, we, we see trouble everywhere. I mean, it's it's not even um, again, it's not up for debate. Uh, you know, your task as I'm, I'm kind of kind of stepping back a little bit again here your task in searching the codes of the Bible how is this I guess how has this affected your faith your faith in God your faith in the Bible um, your faith in the inerrant word of God um, is this is has this given you greater faith because of what you've seen or has it had no impact on it? Oh, absolutely. It has an impact. I believe it's solidified. It's deepened my walk. Uh, the way the Ruach Ankhodesh has revealed himself through the codes, uh, revealed things that, that uh, the questions that I had wondered. Uh, that, I believe that's one of the reasons for the codes is to answer some of the unleft answered questions in the Bible. For instance, right. the second the second witness. We know one is is Elijah. Uh, it's left up for grabs for who the other is. Uh, well, for me, the codes answered that. Uh, the the question about rapture uh, that that has been a subject I've had to search out. Uh, I was taught a pre-trib rapture. Uh, of course, there are a couple of different views on that: pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. Uh, the the one thing about the codes it indicated there is a catching away, uh, but it was unclear of which uh, which time this rapture would would take place. Uh, according the codes, to the codes, now, right? According right, yeah. to the codes, it solved that question for me um, as well. So uh, there there are areas that it's um, absolutely um, strengthened my faith. It's drawn me closer to Him, uh, and and He's revealed Himself in His Word. And in a, in a, in another witness, uh, so to speak. Right. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Well, okay. Um, I'm going to turn it back over to you. We, we we've covered seemingly a lot of ground here. Um, we've got uh, just a, a here a few minutes left of this segment uh, before we cut you loose. Well, why don't you? take us where you want to take us in terms of your findings of the Bible code, the immediacy, whatever you feel is that people should know today and people should know in the near term, uh, the things that you might have found that you haven't published yet or that you've published that you might want to ex expand upon. Go ahead. Uh, talk, talk about anything at this point. Well, here, here's the thing. Um, it, it is going to get darker before it gets lighter, folks. But the thing to remember is the Father is still on the throne, and you still have a Savior who's coming to take us uh, into the kingdom. That is for sure. Now, what happens to then, uh, up until then, uh, is is going to happen. Um, 
you know, the debate whether you go in a free trip or mid trip or whatever. It doesn't really matter as long as you are sealed in Him. That is the bottom line. Uh, you know, the things with the the Bible codes. Uh, it is a passion that I have that I'm happy to share with others. Uh, I believe they play a major role in the end times in clearing some of these things up, uh, in validating others, uh, and, and 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 such. So. Um, yeah, it, you know, it, it, you know your studies of this. I mean, certainly being um, having an understanding of what you do, or having an understanding of Bible codes, or Bible codes themselves. It's not a salvation issue, okay? Right, However, right. It, it does. It certainly enhances one's understanding, uh, depending on how one looks at things. It enhances one one's understanding of the of the Word of God and about the. Absolutely. Like, you know, I believe it's a tool that edifies the body. Uh, another connection, like I said earlier, is the ephod, which was uh, something that edified the body. Uh, it was a tool that was used in communicating with the Father. And the, now, our Creator chose to do this. Uh, this is not something that just, uh, you know, we just pulled out of the air in the end times and decided, wow, let's just, you know, a parlor trick and let's just amaze people. No, he uh, put this here because there is an enemy that is determined to destroy his work, uh, to disrupt, to discourage, and to confuse. Um, so, uh, you know, with the, <laughs> the scriptures, uh, the scriptures is our, our battle plan, our book of love, uh, our promise. And he has hidden messages in there. That is completely clear. Uh, the scriptures even says in Proverbs, it talks about it is an honor for him to hide a matter and, and, and for kings to search it out. Uh, so That's right. Know, it right. is in his nature that he hides things. And so uh, it's, it's just one of those amazing passions that comes along that, that uh, w- once you get into it and, and it gets a hold of you, you can't let it go because it's, it's something that's just a, a real experience. Uh, I, I can't put it into words. Um, but like I said, it plays a role. Um, how, what kind of role it plays is yet to be determined, uh, really. It, it's Amen. you know something we're learning about every day. You know, I I, I always want to I always want to say, hey, it, you know, is my name in there? And and I have a feeling everyone's name is in in the book of life or in, in the Bible. I, believe, I really believe it's, you know. it's interesting that you use that term, brother, the book of life, because that is something that I've, I've actually found in the codes, uh, the book of life, uh, the the codes seem to, or the Bible itself seems to be. Connected, the book of life is the Bible, uh, and and I believe that if you're called by His name, uh, if if you're written in there, that your name is indeed encoded. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting yeah. indeed. Well, we're going to have to have you back. Um, your work is always interesting. Your findings are always interesting. Um, I just, you know, I, I really appreciate what you do, and I appreciate you taking your time out of your very busy schedule. And, and I know that uh, on, those people watching us on YouTube have, have seen a picture of your, of your, um, I want to say, lair, your, your workstation, which <laughs> you can tell a lot. At least I can tell a lot by someone's workstation. Um, at least I, I think I can, anyway. And uh, uh, but we're gonna have to have you back and. Uh, 
That'll be great, Doug. Detail. Thank you, thank you, uh, guys, for having me on and being, well, uh, you know, being my friend. And you mentioned earlier, we we have met uh, actually a couple of times yeah. at yeah. one of these, uh, one or another of these conferences. And uh, you know, I'm a real person, just just as you and your uh, your son are. Uh, we're, right. we're those watchmen on the wall, trying to get the truth out to people, uh, uncompromising. Uh, I, I try to be in this ministry uh, one that doesn't. Want to tickle ears, brother? And as uncomfortable Amen. as it as it gets, sometime uh, you do what you got to do, and you got to put the, sometimes the uncomfortable things out there. Uh, so uh, it's, a, it's, yeah, you a, it's a task you given to me. You know. Well, uh, before I cut you loose, give out, give out your website and your YouTube and uh, anything else before I cut you loose. Go ahead. Sure, sir. sure. You guys can find me at uh, codesearcher dot on YouTube. Uh, you can also find me at thecodesearcher.com. Uh, you can also find us on Saturday nights at uh, thecodesearcher.com forward slash live stream, where we broadcast every Saturday night uh, at 8, 8 p.m. Mountain Time um, over there on the on the webpage. I appreciate cool. your support and uh, your friendship, brother. Uh, my, well, thank my, you so uh, much. My prayers to Joe as he recovers from understanding he's having a surgery or something. So yeah, he, we're, he's, pray, we're he's, praying for him. He'll be back uh, tomorrow. And uh, but but thank you so much for your prayers and and thanks for joining us. God bless you, my friend. Thank you. Until thank you. until Have next time. All right, yeah. bro. Take care. Folks, and that was Jonathan Matthew Wright, thecodesearcher.com. Interesting, interesting. And then in terms of um, the well, if you watch the television series numbers, kind of like that in a sense. Very interesting indeed. And and definitely visit his his website webpage. Interesting guest to say the least. And no, it's not salvation necessary to, to you know for for one salvation. But isn't it interesting to uh, to consider that stuff like this, at least in my view, based on what I found, really makes. Uh, the Bible come alive for me in addition to everything else as we get as we close out our program tonight you know we were talking we, we began talking about the the racial problems and isn't it interesting of course Drudge now comes out and says the race relations 70% say race, race relations bad worst or as bad as the L.A. riots, and remember that time period, of course. But this didn't happen overnight, and this did not happen because that we have what people believe, who people believe to be a black president. He is not black. He's Arab. He's is the, the lineage is Arab, not black. But that's another subject for another day. But what has happened? here and uh, just to bring this all together and to bring this home as we approach the conventions as we approach the day uh, days of rage the summer of rage which we are in uh, but as we approach the this 37 city um, day of rage event will anything happen with that I'm more inclined to believe that 
it's not going to happen that way. Yes, there is a danger. I, I truly believe there's a danger, and I believe that one can look at the days of rage or the day of rage uh, scheduled for Friday, 37 cities, and take that as a go signal. But I believe something a little bit differently is perhaps more likely. We have been infiltrated. As I've said many times before, America is a captured operation. To give you an example of the depth of our capturing, we have a congressman. And and to bring this together, Congressman Keith Ellison. He's a Muslim. He's in Congress. He took his oath on a Quran. Joe Kaufman, back in 2007, talked about Keith Ellison. And this this is relevant to today. Because all of the warning bells were going off years ago, and no one was paying attention. And people were dropping and stopped. They were, they were not talking about this because, oh, that's racist. Oh, that's being a bigot. That is wrong to talk about. L- let me tell you how Congressman Keith Ellison fits into all of this as well. Citing from Joe Kaufman's report from 2007, bringing it uh, to today. Anti-Semitism and Keith Ellison, well, they seem to be, well, they seem to gravitate toward one another. It was the case throughout the 1990s when Ellison was heavily active in the Nation of Islam. You may think, folks, I'm driving home too too much, too hard, the Nation of Islam. But understand, there is this merging, this melding between the Muslims that are being imported into the country, the Muslims already here, the black nation of Islam, of course, the converts to Islam, and then you've got other disparate groups. Now you're seeing all of this being combined, but you're also seeing at the higher levels of government, Islam being embraced, you're seeing cities and towns embracing Sharia. But with in the matter of Keith Ellison, very active in the Nation of Islam in the 1990s, and, and he is said to have renounced his ties with the Nation of Islam. But let's go back to May of 2006, when he was a candidate for the House. Keith Ellison faxed a letter to the Executive Director of the Minnesota Jewish Community Relations Council stating that there has been much speculation about my past connections to the Nation of Islam. I have long since distanced myself and re, uh, from and rejected the Nation of Islam due to its propagation of bigoted and anti-Semitic ideas and statements, as well as other issues. Now, this is Allison talking, and there's a reason I'm bringing this up now. Well, he writes, I have a deep and personal aversion to anti-Semitism, regardless of its source, and I reject and condemn the anti-Semitic statements and actions of the Nation of Islam, Louis Farrakhan, and Khalid Muhammad. Khalid Muhammad was the original, well, the he's dead now, but he was the head of the Nation of Islam. Um, well, since denying all of that, Ellison was involved with the, uh, or writes, uh, uh, Joe Kaufman. Indeed, although he has since denied it, Ellison was involved with the Nation of Islam for 10 years, and in that time he participated in the Nation of Islam rallies, including the Million Man March, Hate Fest. He defended the 
Nation of Islam hate speech and he used such NOI aliases as Keith Hakim, Keith X. Ellison, and Keith Ellison Muhammad. Again, this is back in 2007. Ellison is still in, in Congress right now. His connections, as I was looking at, at the connections of our congressman and in, as well as Hillary Rodham Clinton, her foundation to um, organizations anti-Semitic and pro-Islamic, I have found many tangential ties, financial and otherwise, and working ties between Hillary Clinton and these these groups. Now, where Ellison comes in, I do believe that when he was running for the House, he denounced the Nation of Islam. He then obviously was elected into the House and re-elected since, of course. But he has employed the doctrine of Takiyah, I believe. This is my personal belief. And he has fooled his constituents in all of America into believing that he is this peaceful pacifist who would absolutely uh, denounce any type of violence. But when you start putting together the dots, when you start connecting the dots, you will find, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, he has ties, of course, to the Muslim American, American Society, uh, which was established by the leaders of the Muslim Brotherhood, which is the group that was responsible for the founding of such terrorist organizations as Al-Qaeda, Hamas, and you name it, Islamic uh, Jihad, Egyptian Islamic Jihad, Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Uh, today, it mostly acts as a, an activist organization holding conferences and youth camps throughout the United States. But having said all of that, when you look at Ellison and his associates, that takes you into a broader pool of associates. Puma Abedin, Hillary's personal aide, I'm not exactly sure what how to describe her, her connection to Muslim Brotherhood, the Muslim Brotherhood. What we're finding now is not just an overlap, but a working relationship of members within the government with working with non-governmental organizations and even those with opposing agendas at least opposing or not opposing agendas but opposing ideologies much like Sunni versus Shia you are seeing interesting bedfellows develop between people like Ellison and uh, um, members of the Muslim Brotherhood and all of these groups, including but not limited to the Nation of Islam, that are now have been reformulated, have been uh, um, reinforced by the ideology, by the takedown of the United States. In other words, by the intended takedown of the United States. The reason I brought this up, again, is to let you know that at these conferences or conventions, and as you walk down the street, and I don't want to scare people, but I want to warn people. As I mentioned with the Nation of Islam, the murders, the 179 days of terror in San Francisco, the um, um, 
the zebra killings as they were known back in the 1970s. Please do research on that. Please understand what the zebra murders were. Folks, we are seeing this now come into play again. And it's interesting, too, because as soon as John uh, Matthew Wright came on, he said, hey, you mentioned Louis Farrakhan. It's right here, here in the Bible Code. I believe this to... I mean, I believe this this is no coincidence, and certainly biblical in nature, apocalyptic in nature. So what I'm saying here is, as I'm looking at the Nation of Islam, domestic terrorism, as I'm looking at the new Black Panther Party, the Black Panther Party, and I'm looking at the Muslim Brotherhood, the so-called... Um, political activist groups like the Council on American-Islamic Relations. We are seeing as well the mosques in this country acting as many are acting as bases if you will um, for this vast operation to take down America's values from within. This could have only happened under Barack Hussein Obama. I don't believe, timing-wise, it could have happened under Hillary Clinton back in 2008 if she was the candidate. But what Obama started, and I really want people to, to, to look into this, as my DHS insider said, what Obama started, and he was the right man at the right time, what he started Hillary Rodham Clinton will finish. Oh, and I found another interesting tidbit here. Speaking of the Nation of Islam and groups that are tied together, this kind of it, it. When I saw this, I had to double check this because I thought, no, this can't, this can't even possibly be true. Hang on, I'll find it. Yeah, it's right here. Nation of Islam, which by the, by the way, they're they're based out of Chicago. Um, did you know that Louis Farrakhan, the Nation of Islam, did you know they borrowed $8 million? Or they were lent $8 million by Muammar Gaddafi? Does it make you wonder if that debt to the Nation of Islam was canceled upon the death of Gaddafi and the takeover of Libya under Hillary Rodham Clinton? Just asking. That's right. That's right. The Nation of Islam borrowed $8 million or was funded. It was actually, they, they borrowed it. But Gaddafi funded the Nation of Islam, $8 million to the tune of $8 million. This was reported back in March of 2011. Farrakhan reported that Libyan President Muammar Gaddafi had lent the Nation of Islam some $8 million over the years. So, debt canceled. The creditor, no longer with us, and his country in shambles at the hands of both Obama and Hillary Rodham Clinton. Interesting to say the least, right? Farrakhan is going to come up in the... Uh, in the news in the near term as well uh, more and and his associations with 
lawmakers, including but not limited to Keith Ellis. Stay watch for that. This based on my research and all of this together. A very combustible tinderbox that we are facing. There's a war that has been declared against white America. There's been a war declared against women, white women. There's a war that's been declared against Christians. And it's up to us to put on the armor of God. But I would also suggest putting on either a 45 or a 9mm as well. Eric says, what about the 40? He's a 40 guy, you know. I don't know. 40? Come on. That's like you can't decide. Okay. I'd say I'd say go with the 45. It's got the stopping power. But then again, 9 millimeter. You got uh, you have more uh, more chances to hit the target. Tomorrow, Joe's going to be back. Some of the topics we're going to be talking about. FBI silent agents silenced on Hillary probe. Yeah, they were told to shut up. 282 Zika cases in Florida. You think that there could be something not exactly right about this? I see some problems with the Zika virus in the uh, how it plays right into the abortion agenda and much more as Joe joins us tomorrow again back from the uh, OR. Good to have him back. Folks, I want to thank you so much for listening, being part of our program. May God bless you. Stay safe. Until tomorrow, good night. This is the Global Star Radio Network.